Hi everyone, this is Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and you're listening to our podcast, 321 iRelaunch, where we talk about return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. And today I am thrilled to have with us Alex Klemmer, who is the co-founder of CycleBar, an indoor cycling studio founded in 2005 that's experienced exponential growth and uh, started franchising nationally uh, in 2014 and uh, even internationally at this point. And Alex will talk to us about that in a little more detail shortly. Alex took a 10-year career break and then return to work in this role. So we're really excited to be speaking with a relaunching entrepreneur. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so thrilled. Um, I wanted to know to start out if you could tell us a little bit about your career prior to your career break. I know you had mentioned to me when we were talking uh, before the podcast that you have a sales background. Can you give us some of the detail on that? Sure. I uh, started, ironically, it was a psychology degree that I received, um, a BA in psychology, and uh, wasn't really sure exactly what I was going to be doing with that, and ended up realizing that part of what I learned was was sort of my connection with people was was what kind of made me tick. And so the logical thing, if I wasn't going to go to graduate school, was to get into sales so that I could be around people. And uh, so I ended up getting um, hired by by, um, Procter & Gamble, and I ended up going through their training program in Boston for a little bit. And then um, after that, I realized that I loved selling. And it was something that I was really good at, but I wasn't loving um, the product because I was selling ivory soap. (laughs) And um, I had a great, and they had one of the most reputable sales training programs around. And so I learned a lot of my foundation for sales with them. But uh, my uh, my sister had been in the in in the radio sales business in Dallas, Texas, and she was just absolutely loving, loving her her job and her connection with people and the whole industry. And I started to pound the pavement and ended up luckily getting hired by WMJX in Boston, Massachusetts, where I worked for roughly ten years. Um, I started out as a salesperson there and ultimately was promoted to their national sales manager and so had an opportunity to travel around the country and sell uh, the the advertising for um, a great, fun, cool radio station in Boston. That sounds wonderful. And then when did you make a decision to go on career break? Well, I had had my first child and then my second child and then my third child, and I was on airplanes a lot and away from my my children a lot. And at some point, I just decided that I I needed to be home with my children. And um, the timing was okay with my husband and his business. And so um, it wasn't easy to do because my boss, who I loved, was um, doing everything he could to keep me 
so he, he, he initially kept me on by offering me a part-time national sales manager job. So I was working three days a week. And then when I said, it's time, he said, how about you consult? So then I pared back even more and I was actually doing some sales consulting from my home office. And then finally after that, I said, enough's enough. Uh, I, I want to be home with the kids. And so he was kind enough to say, okay, it's, it's, it's okay for you to leave, <laughs> but you need to keep us right. in your sights for however, you know, wh whenever the time is right. So I finally, so I sort of um, pared back is really what I did. And then finally mm -hmm. spent some time and, and, and I'm sure you're going to ask the question. So, so what'd you do then? Well, so in the beginning, I, you know, I loved spending time with my children. And then, of course, like most of us do, got entirely involved in their schools and volunteering and doing a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of volunteering at, at the school, elementary, middle school, high school level, which I love doing. Yes, I, I loved it, too. That is such a great story. And it also says a lot about you. Obviously, you were an incredibly high performer. And it, it says a lot about your boss, um, figuring out ways to work with you uh, as you were talking to him about your changing situation and life stage. Uh, and, you know, I am a relauncher myself. And also, um, my circumstances were different that led to my career break. But uh, I really embrace that time at home uh, with my kids as well. And we're also acknowledging um, here that people take career breaks for all different reasons. Our career breaks happen to be for childcare reasons, but you know, people take career breaks for elder care reasons or pursuing a personal interest or a personal health issue. Um, but interesting to hear your personal story on this. So um, you were home for about 10 years, and then what were the initial conversations that led to you and your brother, Bill Pryor, uh, founding Cycle Bar? Was it, did the conversation happen suddenly, or was it over a period of time, and, and how did it evolve? Well, I can tell you in my situation, I was loving being home with my children. And like I said, and I wasn't just the, you know, the science mom. I ended up getting deep into uh, helping with raising money for our school. And so it, it, it felt like a full-time job. Um, yes. You know, but naturally, as we all know, when we're moms and we're, we're, we're spending, you get sucked in. And I was spending so much time and obviously not being compensated for it, but I, it was okay. But uh, I happened to be having a um, conversation with one of my sisters. We're from a big family. Bill, who's my partner, is the oldest of seven. I'm the middle. And our uh, youngest sisters had um, just bought a spin studio in Winneka, the town where we grew up, a suburb outside of Chicago, from a woman mm -hmm. who was an entrepreneur and had started the studio. And she had to... Um, she had to sell the company because her husband had been transferred. So my sister bought it. And about a year and a half into it, we were just literally having a conversation on a beautiful sunny day out, you know, in my, in my patio, I'm talking to her. And she said, you would love this. And I <laughs> said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Quite frankly, I don't even like spinning. And I, I think it's too hard and I'm intimidated by it. And she said, it's exactly 
that's that you you would you would fit in beautifully and you would be the greatest owner and you got to fly to Chicago and come and see what we're doing here and I did and I flew to Chicago wow. a, you know a month later not even thinking that I really would do this and right. I was liking my life and you know uh, I wasn't you know I know all of us go through different things oh well, what do I do now what do I do now I I need to do something I really wasn't wasn't there yet I was feeling very satisfied um Anyway, I went to Chicago and I all I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I couldn't believe this community that they had created. And it and quite frankly it had nothing to do with getting on a spin bike. It had to do with this amazing camaraderie and community and uplifting thing that everybody was doing together. And I flew home and I called my brother because at the time my husband had just launched his own um, real estate business. And so he said, I, I can't help you with this. I, I, I'm in the middle of huge things with my company. So I, I called my older brother who was mm -hmm. in a, you know, 25 years of a corporate job in the publishing business. And I said, what do you think? And I think now he had been thinking, hmm, it would be fun to do something outside of the corporate world. Uh -huh. And he had a lot of expertise, which was is good for for people to know uh, in the a little bit more on the business side of things and writing a business plan and putting things together from that angle. And uh, so I talked to him about it, and he he said, you know, let's cogitate over it. And of course, I was saying, no, this is a, this is amazing. We we got to do this now. And um, so he's the voice. Wait, can you, Alex? Let me just interrupt you a second. What year was this? What year did you fly out to see your sister's business and then have this conversation with your brother, Bill? So we launched in 2005. So honestly, this was in 2004. Okay. So, okay. So sorry. So you're talking to Bill and saying, you have, we have to do this now. And I, he said, you know, what's, you know, what's gotten into you? And I said, this is perfect timing. My kids are the right age. I had a kind of two middle schooler. Yeah. No, two middle schoolers and an elementary schooler all of whom, you know, were close together in age and very, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, I was beyond the baby stage, wasn't into the whole college thing yet. So we were at a nice, we were at a nice point in my life for me to maybe be doing something while the kids were at school and maybe mm -hmm. pull back on some of the volunteer. And also, quite frankly, my husband had just launched his own business and I thought wouldn't it be nice if I can contribute to the bottom line here um, mm -hmm. like I did way back when when I was working before and it's certainly not anything he was going to um, look away from so he was he was all for it mm -hmm. um, so we actually did do some numbers and he pulled my brother Bill pulled um, a business plan together and quite frankly on paper um, it looked like it could it could work and it could be a um, it could be something that could be profitable and we looked at how much we were going to have to uh, contribute to the to open and both of us did have some savings that we could um, spare to potentially lose if this thing didn't work we weren't taking life savings mm. or anything mm -hmm. out of college funds that we were saving up for so. We did have that capability. I mean, mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of women who would want to do this that have to, you know, look into where they get the funds, and that's a whole different conversation. But um, that's right. 
that's it's a whole different and it is because um we we took a small amount of money each of us and invested it in launching this um and again it was um something that we both looked at and said I am doing this to see it was almost exper experimental if it doesn't succeed I haven't invested so much that now we've um, we could be in trouble with, like I said, you know, saving up for college for the kids or anything. But mm -hmm. if it does, mm -hmm. if it is successful, I've got some money I can contribute to the bottom line at home. Um, and mm -hmm. sort of that's, that's where it all started. Wow. And so when you jumped into it, um, did you, how did you figure out what your role was? Did you and Bill naturally fall into handling different parts of the business or was it kind of messy or did you like ahead of time say, I'm going to be in charge of this and you're going to be in charge of that? Well, typically I would, I would recommend that that roles are defined now that we've done it this way. Mm -hmm. um, but because uh, our roles were so naturally, um, differentiated. Um, he was working full-time still. He had his corporate job. He was going to an office in the city. And so I, we naturally fell into these roles. I was running the day-to-day mm -hmm. -day at the studio. He was doing all of the back-end things that I didn't, wasn't interested in doing. You know, he's the one who dealt with our lease and the, the lawyers and our financing and all the legal stuff. And I was doing what I was better at is mm -hmm. the people the people stuff and the day-to-day -day running of the business and the hiring of the instructors and sort of piecing together how it was going to work on a day-to-day -day level. And so we fell into these roles um, so naturally. Uh, but, you know, I, if I had opened this business with one of my sisters, it would have been, I think, a lot tougher because my sisters are typically, you know, more like me. And I don't know who mm -hmm. would have done who would have done the other side of the business and pulled together the business plan and pulled together how we were going to finance it and pull together dealing with the lease and the real estate lawyer and all this kind of um, all these other kind of, you know, details that I I'm not that great at and I don't like. And so it happened naturally. And Alex, let me ask you, um, what were the conversations at home with your kids when you were about to jump into this did you talk to them about about it were they aware of it and did everyone's lives shift a little bit when you took this uh role running the business day to day did lives shift at home and roles shift at home uh the conversation was was def we definitely talked about it and uh my three boys were um, thrilled and excited because they just thought it was kind of cool that their mom was doing this. And so mm -hmm. at that point in time, I definitely had them involved. Um, things like, it sounds silly, but things like when we rented the studio and finally found our where we were going to be. I had we had them involved with painting the walls and helping mm -hmm. us helping us with certain aspects of getting the studio ready. Um, believe it or not, 
at the time when we launched this business, there was no such thing as an iPhone. And oh, so, right. <laughs> right. It was, uh, it was 12 years ago, right? So there yeah. weren't even iPhones. So we launched this business with um, snail mail letters sent out to everybody we knew and mm-hmm. our boys walking around um, with flyers that they put in mailboxes. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so grassroots, even though it was only 12 years ago, it, it feels like it was, you know, so arcane. But it was, uh, that that's exactly, that's what it happened, what happened. And Well, I actually love that you um, involved your boys in the business. One of the things we talk about at our, I relaunch is when you're thinking about relaunching, not necessarily as an entrepreneur, but in general, to have these conversations when you're looking for a job or in your case, when you're starting the business, so the kids and the family are invested alongside you. And it's exciting for them too, when they feel like they're really a part of it. So the idea that they're painting or, um, you know, distributing these flyers, I, I think it was wonderful that you did that. And I bet they felt that they, this was, they really had a stake in it themselves. Well, yeah, and, I, and I'm not, again, it sounds so archaic, but we were, we launched and we were washing the towels and had, mm. and had, and had, and bringing them home. You know, I had Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Bill had Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and I would come home and wash the towels and the boys were my towel folders and they we had the the um, signups were on a piece of paper and I had a little shoebox with people's ride cards that had to be punched and I would say after homework we can turn on ESPN and you guys are going to be checking in the classes for today and mm. that was all really kind of cool Yes, I I absolutely love that. I'm speaking with Alex Klemmer. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and you're listening to the 321 iRelaunch podcast, where we speak about success stories, advice, and strategies for returning to work. And my guest is Alex Klemmer, co founder of Cycle Bar, who took a 10 year career break before uh, diving into entrepreneurship. So, Alex, I want to know if you can talk to us a little bit about the growth of Cycle Bar and what has happened over the last few years. It feels like there was a moment there where you you just started growing exponentially. Yes, we uh, you know when we started to go back, we started and we started with fifteen bikes, and then when the business was um, obviously we you know we saw that we were. We had something that had some legs to it. Um, the first thing we did was add bikes. Um, so just to give you a perspective, we had started with 15 bikes and phone call reservations and you know penciled in sign-ins with uh, ride cards and shoeboxes to the point now where we have um, 50 bikes in a studio and run roughly 40 classes a week and have anywhere between 12 and 15 instructors. Um, if I, I wanted to add just on the side that Bill and I are, are both um, instructors and teach four to five classes a week as well. And mm-hmm. when the business ended up 
continuing to grow and grow and grow, Bill ended up um, resigning from his job as a corporate um, president of a company in the publishing business. And on the side, for extra income, you know, he's the primary breadwinner in his family, uh, started a company that was consulting spin studios because uh, the indoor cycling industry became pretty a pretty big deal and people were starting mm-hmm. to open them around the country. So he created a, a consulting business that um, helped people open studios. And um, because of that, there is a franchise development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that had wanted to and seen that there was this huge growth in boutique fitness and in particular um, in indoor cycling, but there were no franchises in indoor cycling. Mm-hmm. And so they went around the country and and, 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 and went spun at all these studios and wanted to buy in, but nobody was, um, nobody had franchises. They were either mm-hmm. huge companies that were owned by big conglomerates or small little one-offs like Alex and Bill's. But mm-hmm. they ended up finding us because Bill had had this consulting business and there began the relationship. They they confronted us and on, on many occasions, you know, and initially I had said, Bill, I don't want to get into this. We've got a nice little thing. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to, um, I, work, I work enough hours in a week and so do you. We are not sure we want to go down this 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 path, but mm-hmm. um, these guys who were franchisers finally talked us into a meeting, and they flew out here and spent a day with us and talked to us a little bit about what they do. And the bottom line is, is they take concepts and they 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 help grow them. But this idea mm. of indoor cycling was one that they realized was just just so popular, but they didn't really know how to run a studio and we didn't know how to franchise. Mm -hmm. So after um, meeting with them and realizing that the relationship between them and us, we thought could be very symbiotic. We really liked them and they liked us and we literally did a handshake deal and said, I think we're ready to maybe take this on so we shook hands i literally had them Mm. in my 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 family room with a fire going and we talked for about six hours and um a lot of that is chemistry and we ended up really liking these guys that are the franchise developers and they ended up really liking us and we said hey maybe we should make a go with this Mm -hmm. and that was in 2014 and so we literally flew to Cincinnati, which is the, where they ba- they are based, and we spent three day three days around a conference table and on a whiteboard, and created this company. And we had to wow. create our brand pyramid, and we had a um, we brought in a gentleman from Procter and Gamble that had been in the marketing department for and very high up at P and G for eighteen years, Harvard mm-hmm. grad. And he helped us develop who and what we were and are. And it took, took took some time. And so we spent about six months with this whole developing of Cycle Bar, the name, the brand, Pyramid, um, the, the mission statement, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. And we ended up 
launching our first studio in Cincinnati where these guys were um, stationed and where their business was. And the first cycle bar was there. And that was sort of our prototype for all the ones going forward. Mm. So that was in October of um, 2015. And wow. uh, so we pretty much sat down in April of 2015 and talked this whole thing through, launched theirs in which we're a part of as well. And um, that was the very first cycle bar. And um, we had to, we've, 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 we've gone from there. And tell us like how big the company is now, how many franchises you have. So we've sold over 250 franchises. And in the first year, pretty much it's the way you, you franchising sort of works is first you're selling. And then in the second year, you're starting to open. And so we we sold pretty much the concept for the first year. And in the second year, we, we've, we've opened 78 of them around the country. And um, we've also, we are... Uh, we have sold internationally. We have, um, I believe, three units that are in Dubai. We've sold in Canada, and we've also sold in London. And we have wow. some others that are being ta um, talked to uh, a group in um, Mexico and a few other places in South America. But so as of right now, we have 78 stores open around the country. And some of them are single owners, some of them are multiple owners. So in other words, somebody, for instance, in Florida has bought 10 units and he's, he's slowly mm. opening several of them as they, um, they go. It takes about a year to open one. So mm -hmm. now that we're moving into year three, we're kind of refining every, with every opening, um, every couple of months, we, we, we're, we're making it bigger and better, faster, stronger. We're learning things from each of our opening openings we're hiring people along the way in the company in Cincinnati as we are getting bigger and um, so that's where we are today gosh it's so incredible to listen to you Alex uh, talking about this big business that that you you're running and thinking about how you have now you're now 12 years out from relaunching your career or maybe 13 years um, from since you relaunched and do you does it feel like ancient history when you were on career break at this point? Kind of. Yes, you are correct. It does. And I will yeah. tell you that, that, that one of the things, and people ask me this all the time is, um, you know, at least in my story, you know, I didn't, people think, oh, ask me, you know, were you in fitness your whole life? And, and, you know, no, I was psychology major. I was in sales. So it mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the, the one little, piece of advice I give women who ask me is that, it, you know, some of us don't know exactly what our passion is. And, and I, you know, so many women apologize for that. And I don't think we should because you're not really positive. There's a lot of things you're good at. And there's a lot of things that, that you could be interested in. And it doesn't have to be that because you're, oh, I love fitness. I mean, it helps if you, if you have that, but that doesn't necessarily um, have to be the end all and the be all. There are there are things you can get you can open doors just by talking and learning and, and, and finding things that you think would be interesting and 
um, that you could that you can develop and and it doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be this one thing out there that you have to grab onto because that's not how it happened with me and and look at what's happened 12 years into this I did not anticipate I'd be franchising and have studios all around the country and the world for that matter I, I that that sort of evolved and so you got to cut yourself a little slack if you're not sure where where it is you're headed and what it is you want to do, sometimes it, it just creeps up on you and, and like it did with me. You know, I love that. Um, we, we always ask at the end for a piece of advice, and I love the idea of ad- advising relaunchers and uh, people, even people who didn't take a career break not to pressure yourselves if you don't have that one single passion and to cut yourself a little slack around that. Thank you for giving that advice. I, I, I think it's really powerful. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, it's been really wonderful to speak with you. And, I, and I've known you for a number of years now. And I'm going to say that I have been a Cycle Bar customer um, for almost three years now. And I, I really love going to spin classes there. So I wanted to say that oh, uh, myself. Thank you. <laughs> um, Yes. Can you tell us if people want to get more information about Cycle Bar, whether they want to be uh, take spin classes there or are interested in the franchise side of it? How would they find out more information? Sure, you can just oh, you can just type in um, um, Cycle Bar franchising if you're interested in franchising. Um, you can type in Cycle Bar. Uh, you could literally type in Cycle Bar, and it's going to come up. And I can say that, uh, as I mentioned before to you, Carol, that there are people that are very interested in this, that are all at different stages in their lives and careers. We have people who are, uh, people like Bill was, uh, who are in the corporate world and dying to try a little something outside of the corporate world and that uh, noodle around in this and are interested in, in, and they end up buying. And then I have other people that have been laid off from their jobs and they don't want to get back in the corporate world, and they'd rather be uh, owning their own business. And this is a great way to do it with a franchise because we've kind of written the book for you. You don't have to start from scratch. You're not reinventing the wheel. That's what people don't understand about franchising is the whole point is you're the owner. Uh, But what we've got is what I call the handbook. We have the handbook that that's what you're, you're investing in. And uh, we help you along the way with that rather than reinventing the wheel or starting from scratch like Bill and I did. So now we always we have a lot of the answers already there for you. Um, and then there's other people who, you know, that this is their first time job and they, 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 they do have the opportunity and, and the luxury of investing in a, in a business because they've, they've got some money um, set aside. And so there, there's kind of different levels of people. We have couples, we have siblings, we have co-workers. Uh, so there's all different. So we have in-laws and in-laws and outlaws, and we have all different variations of, of people that are doing this. Well, I think it's really interesting and a great potential opportunity for relaunchers. So Alex Clemmer, thank you so much for being on today and talking about uh, being an entrepreneur after a career break. Absolutely. And anybody can also reach me, Alex, at cyclebar.com. If anybody has a question that they want to direct 
to me personally, happy to oblige. Thank you very much. So this is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and you're listening to the 321 iRelaunch podcast. For more information about our podcast and about relaunching in general, go to our website, iRelaunch.com. Thank you.